Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast and I am so, so pumped that Rachel is back. I love having my bestie Rachel on because we just have the best conversations, right? Yes, we have the best conversations. I have missed us in podcast form. It's always so fun just, yeah, to see what we come up with. (laughs) No kidding, because it's always free-flowing and you never know what's going to pop up. And it's just so, like I said, flowing. It's just always in the flow and it always just aligns. So hopefully... Everybody else thinks so too and finds the value in what we have to say. We were talking the other night. We had a catch-up session because we haven't seen each other in too long. Yeah, too long. Way too long. And so we were just catching up on life. I mean, we text daily, but still, we hadn't really had like an in-depth catch-up. And of course, our discussions and conversations are always deep and good, light and fun, but still deep. Always get down into it. And we were talking about how, what prompted this? Oh, we were talking about relearning lessons, right? And how mm-hmm. certain things had come up for us personally, repeatedly. And a while back, Rachel had pointed out how life mimics nature. And so you see these patterns in nature and you see these patterns in life. Do you want to explain that better than yes. I Yes, <laughs> I would love to. I actually, it's kind of funny where I even first heard this concept where it was like an aha moment and it's kind of it's funny because it was in a dan brown book like heavy literature right there but i was like yes it was talking about the fibonacci sequence and how that creates the spiral like a shell um in nature Uh, there's lots of things different things in nature have this pattern to where it starts and then it goes out, but then it comes back on each other, but it's always expanding as it circles back. And, and so it was just talking about like how that exists in nature. And then I was thinking about my life and how, wow, I feel like I have done that over and over and over again. I feel like I'm growing and I'm learning the lesson and okay, got it. And then I come back around in a new, more evolved, state or circumstance or situation, but it's like, I got to learn it again. And you totally agreed with me when I said that. And I love how you articulated that just now too, because it's never the same experience each time. So it's maybe the same lesson, but like you said, because you're expanding with the spiral, it's never in quite the same spot. So you're building on past experiences. You're not the same person that you were five years ago, five months ago, five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And so, though it might be the same lesson, it's still a different experience and you're still expanding and building upon. You might still need to keep learning that lesson, <laughs> but it's not quite the same because it's spiraling. And it's so fascinating to see how nature really is life in the sense that if you deconstruct when they, 
look at mm -hmm. leaves under a microscope, when you look mm -hmm. at cells or whatever else, how it resembles like the human brain and certain foods that are good for certain parts of your body resemble yes. those parts of the body corresponding to what they're good for. And it's fascinating how it is so aligned and yeah. connected. That's such a good point. Like, uh, yeah, with leaves, you see that with lungs, it looks <laughs> like the brachial and the, the lung pattern. And like, that's how we get our oxygen. So that's fascinating. And then you look at the universe and at um, different galaxies and it looks like pupils and it's like that's what we look out to into the night oh, sky and so yeah. it's it's the greatest teacher if we look at it if we use it right there in front of us and also we were talking about how when you're revisiting these lessons a lot of times as we believe that it's before you can level up or go to the next phase you're often revisited with lessons that you might've learned in the past. And it's like, okay, we good? Like, did you really learn this lesson? Or are we gonna have to like, go back to day one of this? Yes. This lesson again, are we good? Like, this is a check on you. And it feels so empowering when you're like, yeah, right. I'm good, yep. I'm solid. I learned this lesson, I am ready to go to the next. Like, hit yep. me. That feels so good. And sometimes you get your butt kicked. <laughs> Yeah, it feels equally awful when you're like, oh, damn, <laughs> here I go again. Totally experience where you're like, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> <not> awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think that sometimes, like you're saying, it's like, it's so solid. Like you learn it and you embody that knowledge. But then sometimes it's like you need to practice like everything else, yeah, your meditation practice, your gratitude practice. It's like if you're not being aware and practicing these things that led you to that initial awareness and lesson learned, then you forget it. You just get complacent and you get, you don't become aware. You forget. That's such a good point. And it really solidifies that and cements it, cements that lesson and strengthens that muscle. Like you said, like you can become complacent. And if you're not practicing that or exercising whatever you need to be exercising mm -hmm. in this sense, then yeah, it's not going to be as strong or it's not going to stay relevant or stay present. Yeah. Here is something that I would love to talk to you about because so I am in, I just got married. So I'm a in a beautiful state of a relationship, but I found that I have done my greatest growth when I was single and searching and, and looking and that. And so it's like, I sometimes feel like I have become more complacent and things like these lessons sneak up on me because I almost am like, cool, I got it. And then that, that relaxing of the practices that led me to it, they're not there anymore. And so I am trying to find a way to stay in that like hungry searching state, but then be really happy and content where I'm at. And I feel like that's a yeah. hard balance. It really is. And I love that. That resonates so deeply. Yes, because you do a lot of soul searching when you're single and it brings up a whole host of certain challenges that aren't there when you're with somebody. And I mean, I will defer to you on this because I haven't really been in a long-term relationship, so I can't compare. I'm like, single, yes. Whole life, yes. <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> you having lived both experiences. Yeah. So two thoughts. Yes, definitely. 
and constantly learning and growing. And because there's such a turnover of personalities in your life and lessons and people I believe are lessons. I mean, not for every single person, but for my experience, at least like a lot of turnover and a lot of lessons that I'm learning with each person and each personality that that comes into my life where I wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have that if I were with someone. Yeah, definitely. And also I found when I was in a relationship just recently, it introduced a whole host of new challenges though too. Yeah, right. It's different. You can feel solid in one phase. That's just one phase of your life, like the single you, but you in a relationship introduces a whole new dynamic that you have to yeah. navigate too. Compounded by the fact if you're not aligned with your partner, and I believe you and Trey are beautifully mm-hmm. aligned. And Thank so you. I think that just speaks to the peace and tranquility that you're feeling now too, because you both are growers and you're, you're both in the, always the growth mindset to where you're always wanting to grow and evolve and get better. And you are always seeking to improve and seeking to hone your life skills, I guess you could say. But yeah, that's so true. That's so, so true. It's sometimes I'm like, have I lost my edge? Never. I could, I, I get that thought all the time. So I relate to that hundred percent, but from an outside perspective, looking at, you know, no. Well, and I you. think that that question, just the presence of that question is confirmation that you haven't, because if you're even questioning that, then no, like you're still in that growth mindset and you're still wanting to learn and grow. But if you kind of lost sight of that, then maybe you have slipped into complacency. It's not the point of no return either. Yeah. One of the questions or one of the lessons that I have experienced, at least in my life, personally speaking, is one that's come up and you really helped illuminate this for me. So thank you. And I said this in one of my last podcasts about how you had really highlighted how I was losing like sense of my standards and what I wanted Mm -hmm. out of a relationship and what I needed. And you really helped give me that perspective that I really, really needed. And that's why it's so powerful too, to have an outside perspective, somebody who knows you and can Mm -hmm. illuminate certain areas that are your blind spots and that you can't really see. And like, for example, like for me, I would date potential because I'm like, but he's such a good person and he's so smart and he could do this and this and this and go so far. And he has such a good heart at his core. He's a good person. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there's this and this and this that he does that is toxic and not necessarily good, but he's such a good person. And not to say we don't all have toxic traits, but like, that's a lesson that I had to keep relearning is you can't date Mm -hmm. potential, you have to date reality and where they are. Yeah. Well, and I think that you can lose yourself. Like that's the way that you lost yourself because you're, you're, you always see the best in people. That's such a strength of yours that of course, like that would translate to relationships and you're just always looking for How can I, because you're so helpful. How can I help like this diamond in the rough that I see, I see you, you know, cause that's very important to you. So I can see you projecting all these things that you're really great at and that you value. But I found that I was losing myself in partners that I was becoming whatever they were and whatever they needed. And so that's kind of what I saw you doing because I rec- I like I know that pattern in myself. And I know that that's that never will lead me to my happiness. And I was doing it all the time. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what clued you into that with you? Is that just self-reflection? And how did you come out of that? 
What's so funny about that is I used to think it was a talent of mine. I used to be like, I can become whatever anybody needs and thought that was a good thing. <laughs> and I, it just took learning again and again, well, or not being happy in, in relationships and feeling so unfulfilled and being like, you know, I got the person that I wanted, but I am still so unfulfilled. And actually this is like kind of, meaningless to some extent like I finally I you want something and then you make it happen and then but at the cost of yourself you were never really yourself in it and it just doesn't ring true it just still feels hollow even though like there are surface positive good feelings it still just feels hollow do you know what I mean like it just is deeply like you can just feel well yeah like I'm able to achieve whatever status quo or dynamic is required to this relationship, but it's not really like an authentic, true, extensive relationship. Yeah. Right. And when you can't be yourself in a relationship, I, it doesn't matter the money you might gain, the prestige, the entrance into society, whatever it is that you're getting out of that relationship. If you cannot be your true and authentic self fully and know that that person loves you the way that you are. And I don't think I really fully had that until my most recent, my marriage. And so I I think that it was just recognizing that's what it's about. Totally. Yeah. And how do you feel? I mean, speaking of this, did you ever feel seen by your previous partners? Because if you're kind of putting on a front, I don't know a better way to phrase that. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Necessarily being yourself. Because, like, I personally have never really felt truly, truly seen. Yep. Not to my core. I have friends who see me. So, I like, that That need is realized with my friends, with you. Yeah. But with partners, not really. Yeah. Did you ever, like, experience that in your past relationships? Totally. But I blame myself a lot for that because I didn't give them even the opportunity. Yes, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. And yes. there's always this extra layer that you're yep. hiding behind or not letting them into. Yes. Yeah. So I think that, no, I wasn't. And I don't know. And I didn't show that because I really, I didn't trust them and I didn't trust myself. Yeah. And so I don't know if that would have made any difference, but I also think that there is an energy that you have to feel. And if you're if you're giving of yourself that energy putting out there, you feel is being blocked, then you have to take that in. That's information. Yeah. And I feel like I always felt a block. And so I never, I never tried to push it. And I'm like, okay, this is what it's in. I'm at this frequency. I'm me. I'm like your mirror <laughs> frequency. Best way to put that. I was trying to figure out how to express that. And yes, that's exactly it. Because you're like, oh, okay, like you kind of take your cue from them at what frequency you're going to operate. You get your cue and then you're like, okay, this is the frequency yeah. that we're on. We're not going to go deeper than that. Yeah, because yeah. you're responding to that that they're transmitting and putting out there. Yes, absolutely. To where energetically, if you were able to sense that they were able to accommodate a deeper level or see you or be open to that or receive that, yeah, then you would go deeper. But yeah, absolutely. You're just kind of responding to the frequency that is being put out. And I mean, you're not going to connect on that level with everyone. It's, it's special. And, and that's what, you know, when we talk about like never wanting to settle, 
that's almost what I feel is settling more than anything else. Oh. If you know, if you can't find that level of frequency connection, then it's not it. It's not enough. And I would always tell myself, oh, you're just, you're being too picky. You know, I'd kind of get seduced by those thoughts that not to judge anybody, but people are sometimes content to live on a lower frequency or to not be as in tune with their partner, that's okay. Like they're willing to have a good enough relationship. And I don't mean that pejoratively, but they're just like, well, we get along. We like each other. We respect each other. That's good enough for me. Yeah. And that's okay. And for me, I was always feeling like there was something else missing and I wanted something more. And you can sense if, if it's not truly like a good aligned fit, you can just sense it. And yeah, you're able to know whether or not you're fit, your best match or whether right. it's just a good enough match. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, not every relationship you're ever going to go into people are even necessarily looking for that to be the one. Like, I think you can match frequencies for a variety of needs. Like you might, you might match um, chemistry wise, like on an intimacy level, like you might have really great chemistry there. And maybe that is enough and good for that moment in time. Or you might match intellectually with someone and, and have that be, you know, what you need in that moment in that time. So it doesn't necessarily, like, I think your, your life partner hits on all levels, but sometimes I feel like that's where you do, like you match on one of those levels and then, and then maybe you want it to be more, but it's just that it's just, you're really connected on that level. And that's always fascinated me. Hasn't it you? What constitutes like a good match to people because they have different ideas of what constitutes a good match. Yeah. Said, like there are various levels that you can connect on and you're not necessarily going to connect on that with everybody. It's like mm-hmm. almost impossible truly to, you know, because mm-hmm. of what's going on, and that's a whole deeper conversation. But for some, like, for example, one of my good friends, she has a really good physical connection with her husband. They don't have a good intellectual connection. They don't have a good emotional mm-hmm. connection. Not that it's awful, but it's just not deeper sustaining for her. That's good enough. They are physically connected and she feels good enough with that. And she feels happy with right. that. Right. Just that's always fascinated me. What has constituted good enough for people? Yes, exactly. And I think it comes back to like core beliefs or core values yeah. that, that you have. And so, you know, if when I was talking earlier about what other people label as settling, like for some people, not being wealthy yeah. would be settling. Yeah. And so that's a core value that they have. So maybe, yes. maybe, you know, they need other frequencies, but as long as they have that, that's okay. That's their core belief. Or so for some people it's freedom and being able to travel and they, that's their core belief. So they just want to be with someone who doesn't have any kind of like commitment to any place or any baggage, for instance, that's just free like them. So there's just different ways that people can label settling and that so that was just for me it had to be on this like other level sister yeah what thank you for explaining that that's such a great way to put that absolutely and yeah i'm with you definitely have an idea of what i want and i think that's imperative that people do dial into themselves and figure out what their core beliefs are what their values are what they want what they need what they seek because that's the only way that you're going to be able to feel fulfilled. Yes, exactly. When you had asked earlier, like, how did you figure out 
that this wasn't working for you, you being that mirror, and it was doing that, it was sitting down and writing, like, what do I really want? What is important to me? And what do I have to have in a partner in order to fill, you know, my full self, you know, my full potential of self. And so that is so key because I think when you look at social media and different things, you can kind of have your core values be skewed a little bit yeah. or think that it, that something else is important to you because that's kind of what's being put out there as important, <laughs> but, sure. but it might not be. For sure. And that's why it's so important to get quiet with yourself and sit in solitude and silence so you can really tune in to like what your truth is and what you need independent of what anybody else is putting out there and what yeah. anybody thinks. And your values might differ from your loved ones and the mm -hmm. people that you trust most and that's okay and everybody's different and it's just really getting to know yourself and what yeah. you need in ways. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and knowing that your worth, whatever you put on that page, it's a non-negotiable. That was the key yeah. for me. Like, I was like, I want this. I want this, but they're all non-negotiables. I have to have them or, or it's not it. Yes. Yes. I want to just circle that 10,000 times. Just like put that neon light in the world yes yes that's so true that was mine too <laughs> i'm telling you i said this i've said this to her a zillion times and i said this on my last podcast and i'll say it again like you just really made that all click for me and ever since it has clicked i have been high vibing like i've never <laughs> i feel it there is a difference you are putting out you always are the most positive most brilliant, most productive person in the world. Everyone knows it. We all bow down. It's okay to acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> but you have been on a different level ever since then. And I'm, I'm just glad that we are so similar and our thinking is so in tune and tapped into each other that what I experienced as my truth resonated with you because that's all it was and you just took it and ran with it. That's typical humble Rachel fashion. So everything that you just said, I'm sending back to you because it's absolutely true. And you have this beautiful way of absorbing and taking in whatever information I'm throwing at you, however haphazardly and cutting through the noise, making sense of it all and delivering exactly the missing piece. You do it time and time again. We have been besties for years and years and you still do. And you just have this way of grasping the truth and extracting it and then just delivering it in a gentle, but like firm way. Like it's just, you just are brilliant at it. You are so good at seeing that. And yeah, we have parallel experiences. That's for sure. And that is helpful too. But you have the wisdom and the presence of mind and the mindset to make sense of that and to grow and reflect on that and then to share it with others too. And that's one of your biggest gifts, I think. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are seriously just so wise and all knowing <laughs> down to Rachel. But, so I am going to remind you of what we discussed in our conversation, which, you know, kind of might fit into this podcast, but that <laughs> I feel like the only reason that 
Like I feel that we are in a flow state together yes. and we talked about that. Yeah. And that oftentimes I get shut down and I can't think of words and I'm not, I don't feel that wise. And when I don't have that kind of flow energy with someone. And so I really do attribute you seeing that in me is that like, we're just open with each other. And, and so it just kind of, it's allowed to flow. <laughs> it does. And that was like the perfect segue. We also talked about flowing and how exactly that, like we both said, just talked about each other's brilliance and how amazing the other person is. And we're like, really? Cause on my side, where I'm sitting, like, I am on the struggle bus sometimes where I can't think of words. I feel so blocked. I feel hazy. I feel like I'm not making connections. I feel like I can't remember things as clearly as I used to. I feel like I am on the decline sometimes. And from our perspectives, we're both like, what? No, you're crazy. But then we both shared experiences where we have felt on top of the world cognitively and we just feel so aligned and sharp and on our game. Yeah. And it's so true. It doesn't matter what age you are. You can, and like Rachel said, it's about tapping into that flow state and that's available to us no matter mm-hmm. our age, no matter our experience, no matter our position, no matter what, it's always available to us. So how do you tap into that? Okay. So I was thinking about this since our last discussion and I really believe that the flow state is, is a state of unconditional love and lack of judgment. Yes. So it's like, I think we can flow together because I feel zero judgment coming off of you. And so I can just think what's ever because I'm not judging my own words coming out of my mouth. It's that unconditional love and regard that you have for me that I feel that there's no questioning. And when I stutter and I can't find words and when I question myself, it's because I feel judged. And so I am self-monitoring and self-regulating, self-editing, and it comes out crap because of it. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. Unconditional acceptance and love, and those are the magic ingredients. Oh, yes, truth bomb. I love that. That's such a good point. And that was so relieving for me to continually experience those flow states because then I knew I could still have it. I still got it. It's not that I've lost it. It's always there and available and present. So to anybody who's listening, if you ever feel like you just aren't on your game like you used to be, you just aren't as sharp as you used to be, you just got to figure out a way to tap into that flow. And that's through, gosh, there's so many practices that you can do to induce Mm -hmm. that flow state. But meditation is a great one. Mm -hmm. Working on unconditionally accepting yourself and others too, because then that just builds on itself. Right. To yourself and to others. Life is an echo. Yes. Remember when we went to that Halloween party and beforehand, (laughs) like, this is what we're going to do. Every person we talk to, we're going to think in ourselves, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I think actually one of my ripple challenges inspired by you. But how powerful was that? It's so powerful. It really was. And don't you feel like people respond to that? They can sense that. Yes. And sometimes, like in my... In my job, my professional life, I, if I'm really struggling to connect with a client and I just feel there is that blockage and I first, of course, question like, what am I doing to induce that? There might be something that they're feeling off me. So in my mind, I go, I love you. I love you. I love you. Like I just give them so much love 
to try to just, I don't know if it works, you know, but it makes me feel better and it's doing something to help encourage that. And I'm not changing. I'm not having to say anything. I'm not, you know, pushing anything on them. I'm just in my own mind, sending them unconditional love. And I swear it changes things. Truly, truly on so many levels for so many reasons, because one, physically, I think your micro expressions change and people can often yeah. almost whether or not they realize they are. So your micro expressions change, your body language changes to reflect that. Also physics. And this is what's so fascinating. Physics supports this. Physics supports mm-hmm. this quote unquote woo woo stuff that sounds so out there, yeah. but energy can be measured your thoughts and emotions, they all have energy. They're all stored in your body. They're all um, floating out there in the world and they're, they're matter and it's measurable. And that just can blow your mind if you really dig down deep into that. And even Einstein has said that they'll find out more and more that it's all about energy and you can measure. And you, I mean, that's such a good point. I'm sure everyone has seen the, photographs of the water and like thinking good thoughts and then um the ice crystals sorry so you have the ice crystals and you tell it like good things and then it forms this beautiful symmetrical pattern and then you tell it like you're ugly and no one likes you and it forms like this grotesque looking thing that's not symmetrical and it's because it took on that ugly energy and even house plants people know this if they like tell their house plant they love it and give it loving energy versus not you know it does respond differently they have video footage of that i remember posting video footage of that months ago so you can see it happening and i think for one of the experiences they played negative negative words or phrases or something and then in the next part they actually played like positive affirmations and uplifting music yeah. that and you can see it affect the plants it is yeah wild astonishing even writing like writing on a um, piece of paper and uh, putting it on a jar of water um and freezing it like words of love are it responds differently words of hate it responds different that's just words but the intent when you write you attach an intention to your what you've written down and, and it holds on to that. Mm. It has like a memory. That's why you and I love journaling. And I think it's like so impactful on so many levels. I think it allows you to, you know, be aware, be in the present moment, get your thoughts collected, um, put intention out. But I also think it's the act of writing because I've tried to do the same thing on my phone and like type it in, text it in. And it doesn't have that same like imprint, that impact. Yes. It's transformative. It really is. And a good practice too, if there's something that is lingering in your mind and sticking with you and you just can't get over it, maybe it's a worry, a concern or whatever. Oh my gosh, this made me think of another good practice that helps with that. (laughs) Speaking of writing on paper. So one good practice is keeping a notepad by your bed. And if something's on your mind, writing it down before bed, and then your mind will work on it. Your subconscious will work on it throughout the night while you're sleeping. So you're still getting your rest, but then it's unlocked from the bothers of consciously waking living and then it can resolve the issue and then you wake up most likely with the solution also burning so writing down on a piece of paper and burning because it transforms the energy because as physics will show you it's all about energy so energy never disappears it just transforms yeah 
So for example, and you can even do this with things that you want too, but there is a concern or a stress that you have, write it down on a piece of paper and then burn it. And then it transforms and alchemizes the energy. Have you heard that? I think it's an essay that says that you want a physicist to speak at your funeral. No, no. Cool because it says that the physicist will explain that energy doesn't go anywhere. It just, which is a beautiful and comforting and reassuring thought. I mean, because your loved one is still out there in the universe, just in a different different energy. So they haven't disappeared. They haven't (laughs) gone away. They're still there. I love it. Yeah. So gosh, endlessly fascinating and how it all ties into nature. Okay, so this makes me think of something that I've been meaning to talk to you about, so I'll just bring it up right now. (laughs) Um, Cord cutting. Oh. Okay, so on that same vein of like energy that is produced, not dying, I think sometimes when you're in a relationship and you build those cords with each other and you build them and build them and build them, even when it's not a great relationship, even when it's a negative bond, you create that. And even if you break up with the person or, you know, leave them or whatever it is, that energetic bond remains. And there, and so um, a lot of people into that kind of metaphysic healing, they encourage you to practice cord cutting. And I have tried it <laughs> before and I feel like there, there's some good benefit into it. If nothing else, just placebo effect, you know, feel like imagining that there is a cord and physically cutting it. It's like the last final piece and then your mind can kind of be at ease. But what do you think? Do you think there's actually like something tangible that you get out of that? Or have you ever done that? I have because of you, because you sent me this really cool video of this lady outlining exactly how to do it. And she guides you through it and then the reason behind it too. And so I did it and I tried it and I want to ask you more about this too. I think we discussed this a little bit and I'm trying to, I remember exactly where I was. I was traveling. I think I was traveling to Reno driving and we'd stopped at a rest stop. And I remember exactly where I was when you'd sent that to me. And I remember exactly like, as I was envisioning it and trying it and I'm a little hazy on like the immediate after effects. I feel like I, I did it and I, I feel like there was just such a sense of relief mm-hmm. I was trying to cut this connection with this person and it just was so desperate <laughs> to be done. I'm like, okay, this is enough, enough. And so <laughs> that, I think immediately just the action of just taking action felt good. Yeah. Well, that's what lent itself to that immediate sense of relief and efficacy, but I did it. And then soon after I'm like, that and I wanted to ask your opinion on this and I think I asked you about this too it has to be mutual right because I felt like I was holding on to it does it and I can't remember exactly what she had said because I felt like she was hanging on to it yes so what what she said about that was that you can release it from yourself but and I've read this in other places now too I should have sent you follow-up on that you're not supposed to cut it like that you're supposed to unlodge it like almost like a root like take it release it from you because if you cut it there's the two ends out there and it will come back together and that made sense to me and it's in it it feels like it's it's better it's like a releasing it just like wiggles wiggles out of your your soil and you're in the it's not planted in you anymore and it can't get back in you without your consent but if you have that end hanging out there cut it's in you still that makes sense 
I know. <laughs> that really, that really makes sense. I missed that. I thought I was so diligent and attentive. Key component of that whole thing. That's awesome. <laughs> but that just goes to show that that's correct. Like, like you can't just, just do that. So you proved that. And now you will, now you're going to do another ceremony. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to do another ceremony. I'm a big believer, and I know that that starts getting into the realm of questionability with people, because I know <laughs> I are just open-minded. I'll get out and can go all day talking about this stuff. I'm a full believer in it, and I think it is grounded in science and grounded in physics, and you can really trace this back to a scientific foundation. Some of this requires a little bit more faith, but Truly, I think science is starting to catch up with it more and more. And that's why it's such an exciting time to be alive now. Yes. So, but I'm telling you, and I felt I've had a few substantiating experiences where I felt connected to somebody where I felt just so strongly like in my body, this person yeah. is thinking of me or I'm thinking of them. Like you just feel so connected and then yeah. it's confirmed and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. And it's been like at a totally. random time. Yeah, you too. Oh yeah. And I think that people, you realize like you can feel a connection. I can feel a connection to my mom. I feel like a lot of people can, can feel that connection they have to people that are important to them and twins. There's been so many studies on identical twins and the real connection that they have that is beyond space and time. And they, they don't, might not even know that they are a twin and they just have been, you know, reunited later in life and they realize all these connections that they had they didn't even knew the other person existed so you know it's I do believe that that is very real and so if if we are connected what does connect us and and then why can't we undo that I feel like this makes sense to me <laughs> it really does and the more you look into it the more you see that it does make sense and wow oh my gosh I just want to talk about that all day long but I know you have to go and there's something else that we wanted to talk about <laughs> So we'll do a part two. <laughs> um, we were also talking about, because again, we have had parallel experiences about the next step for us, professionally speaking, and how that can be a little daunting to think of a next step. Maybe like for us personally speaking, and I want you to talk about your experience, you might be in a career or a job that is stable. It's solid. It brings in stable, consistent income. It's good. Um, there might be a little bit of ego attachment there too. I know I feel like that with mine. Um, it's part of my identity. It kind of feels like it gives me a boost. I mean, not that my identity is tangled up in it, but I mean, for so long, I take a lot of pride in what I do. Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I were to give that up, like my ego would get a little bruised, you know, and yeah. it would be hard because it would be so scary. Like your safety net is completely yanked away, mm -hmm. but then you feel that pull to whatever you feel like would truly fulfill you or just a yeah. novel experience. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, yes, absolutely. Parallel completely. I, I'm struggling with my very stable, amazing job that I have that's fulfilling on so many levels, truly is, with this passion project and business that I've started on my own, which is 
equally, if not more rewarding to me, just on so many levels. And I feel like I'm better at the passion project. I feel like in my other job, there is that prestige. It's what I went to school for. So I also am like, I'm just going to throw away eight years, you know, of college for this. And it's like, oh God. So there's just a lot of of pressure to make that work and then also the stability and the reality of what time it is right now it's a very uncertain time (laughs) and I'm so lucky yeah I'm so lucky to have that job so many people are struggling and I have the audacity to be like oh I have two jobs to choose from (laughs) I know people can't put food on the table pay their rent and we're like oh It's an existential crisis. (laughs) You feel like an asshole, a privileged asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I completely hear you. And tell me, considering your two options, yours kind of in the same thing, kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. To where they're both in a certain, like, you know, realm. Yeah. With mine, tell me if this relates to you at all. I feel like mine are two complete opposites. Yes, yours are two complete. Yeah, and they fulfill me so strongly in each way. Like my stable, steady job, I love so much. And like I told you, I've pinched me moments constantly. Like I cannot believe I get to do this. This is my job. And it fulfills me. It plays to all of my, not all of my strengths, but most of my strengths. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I would be wild and crazy to give this up. But then um, it's like a total dichotomy. And then on the other side, like this other pursuit would completely fulfill me in this other way. So I feel completely divided. And I remember talking to my sister, Brooke, and she's like, yeah, I think you're always just going to feel torn because what you pursue, it's always Mm -hmm. going to just fulfill like one half. I mean, it might fulfill the other and touch on it a little bit, but not truly. So with you, do you feel like you'd be torn in that way? Or do you feel like you'd be fulfilled on all fronts if you were to pursue your passion project, for example? Okay. So if I were to pursue the passion project, I would need to incorporate and bring in elements of this job that fulfill me on that level. Like, um, for instance, so doing more workshops, doing more teaching, educating, doing, doing that kind of like more intellectual, I feel like, um, expression of my knowledge. I think I would need that. And I also think that I would need it to be more financially just prosperous that would fulfill me because, you know, I'm making more at my other job right now and I'm, I'm doing really well with both together. So it would need to be more than both put together with just the one for me to be like, okay, good. Wow. Yeah. And you exploded with this passion project. You just took off. It's the community I live in. It is. I attribute it to the, the, they're the sweetest, most open and welcoming people in the world. And they want the community to succeed. You know, you've seen it. Like all all the local businesses, we just, the community builds local businesses up and they don't make you feel bad for wanting to support yourself. They never make you feel guilty. They never make you, I don't know. It's just, it's a different, it's that unconditional love. I'm in the flow state with them because that's what, that's what they give. I was so impressed by that. I was even talking that about that to Charlie and I just interviewed him for the podcast. Mm -hmm. He lives there too in this small little community, 16,000. Yep. 
such an energy there. It's not the size of a place. It's the energy of a place. And you guys are so progressive. You have these rad spots, cool eateries, cool retreats that are going on, cool whatever you have going on over there is just so cool and progressive all the way around. And there's such support to sustain that. And it is remarkable because you don't see that often. And yeah. Yeah. It's just the coolest thing ever. But I mean, is you bringing your talent and your expertise to the table and people absolutely welcoming that and inviting and wanting more and more and more of that. Yeah. But thank you. It's so, so, so cool. I think it's interesting how your sister pointed that out about you, that you're always going to have that because I wonder, did, have we talked about like your full chart? Do you have like some of that, um, I don't know if it's the Libra or like the Gemini, like the two sides to you? That's a good point because I revisited that the other day and I need to, I mean, it's long and lengthy and I'm still getting familiar with the houses and the sun and the moon. And the yeah. <laughs> Pretty good grasp on it, you know, really, as well as you do. So it's still floating around and there hasn't really been tethered yet, but I need to go back and look. That's a good point. Oh yeah, I see in you now that I never even thought about it this way, but you, I think why I find you so utterly fascinating is because you're not any one thing. You are one thing and then the exact opposite of it. Like how we were talking about snakes. That's a perfect representation. Like you're a beautiful snake. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not a freaking snake, but you know what I mean? That came out so rough. <laughs> you are my favorite. <laughs> by far. I love you. That's so interesting. And thank you for saying that. And um, yes, yes, I, I have felt that. And that really rattled me like growing up because I always felt so incongruous and I always felt so disingenuous because I'm like, well, I don't understand. I can be one and the other, like the complete opposite. And now I've just embraced that the older I've gotten where yes, I don't necessarily have to be one or the other. You can be both. And it doesn't mean that you're um, not authentic or disingenuous. You just are you, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. However, that appears at any moment in any any given time, that is your truth. And you just let that and don't get into a box. And aren't humans just fascinating how they can just... Yeah, but... That's why you're going to be so good with this platform and with the nativists because you can see all perspectives because you have such wildly swinging different perspectives, but they're still you and you are authentic. You are even in your just very like dichotomous take on things. Sometimes it's still true and genuine. And then you, then you come away with like the, the nugget. It's like, you see it from all sides, you encompass all of it. And then it's like, here's the takeaway. Thank you. Brilliant at that. Thank you. Oh, that just talking about this just makes me so excited for us. So excited. Like it's just sky is going to be the limit. The sky is the limit. And for everybody, everybody listening to everybody listening to. And I think of I think the two big thoughts that keep coming up are one is, oh, well, what about this current economic climate that we're in? And that's such a bad time. And, but then years, year ago or two years ago, I was finding another compelling, compelling yeah. reason why it wouldn't happen. And so no matter what, there's always going to be a reason why you shouldn't do it. But then also, because it comes back to balance, doesn't mean mm-hmm. be reckless about it either and just go plunging headfirst necessarily without thinking about it. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny. You, you and I, we both follow uh, Tim Ferriss and he wrote the four hour work week and he's big into our entrepreneurship and he gives great advice and what, and the prevailing wisdom for some people is that, um, leave the boats on the shore, you know, and put everything you've got into this new venture. But he says, no, that's, that's reckless. And you want to keep that day job until you feel like you are able to go full forward with this. You can't burn the boats because then you're going to sink at sea. You know, you have to be smart about it and, and pick the right time and, and, and be able to support yourself until you can let it go. Yes. And I love, and he says that multiple times, like he's a big yeah. for that. And I love part of that too, is it really filters out and as a litmus test for your discipline and for your passion and the strength of your desire for whatever you're pursuing. So if you don't have, I mean, that takes a lot of bandwidth. I get it. If you have a full-time job or a main gig, and then you're also doing that on the side, it does take discipline, discipline, but it will also tell you really quickly if Mm -hmm. you're wanting it, if you're, desire transcends and beat your fear of it or like the the suck of it basically yeah yeah and exhausting and yeah and so that'll tell you right away like and some people do better with structure and wouldn't Mm -hmm. do well working for themselves um and so they would do better with like a nine to five job or whatever and so then that'll kind of clue you in too anyways i know that you have to go you have things to do in the world to save but thank you so, so much for coming on. Any parting words of wisdom that you have? Oh gosh, I just love you so much. Thank you. You're my favorite person to, to just talk about all life's mysteries and life's beauties and everything with, and I just love getting deep with you. And uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Love you, Rachel. Love you. Bye. Bye.